0: Welcome back to A Loss of Down. Thank you for coming in for the second week. This is our second episode. Of course, joining me here is Mr. Wally Lukashensky. Wally, how are we doing this evening, my man?
1: Well, naturally, you and I are a little high on life right now. Both of our football teams are 1-0. and And then I know this is a pro football podcast, but Ohio State football is back. It's just a great day in the life for a football fan in Central Ohio.
0: Absolutely. Especially when we just got done watching the Bengals and the Browns in quite the matchup. Browns end up winning here 35-30 in a little bit of a somewhat of a nail-biter, I guess some would say. But I think the Browns had it wrapped up the whole the whole entire game.
1: Well, i got to tell you this, too. Everybody here in Ohio, they've written off, or written off Baker Mayfield. And I don't think that it's, I guess, the right to do it this soon. I get that we're all upset about what happened last year. But you have to look at what Baker Mayfield's dealt with in his first three years now. He had Hugh Jackson as a head coach. He then had Greg Williams as an interim head coach. Then last year, he had Freddie Kitchens as a head coach. And now he has Stefanski. This is his fourth head coach in three years. We need to be a little patient and let him actually get a feel for this offense, especially this year with no preseason or practice.
0: And they finally had Odell going a little bit here tonight, so that's always a plus. But the main, main thing I I want to talk about here for a little bit, Joseph Burrow is looking great in Cincinnati right now even though 0-2 start as a rookie but he's kept them competitive in each of these games.
1: Well and if anybody hasn't watched he has one pick in two games so far for a rookie that's outstanding especially when you consider the fact that pick he threw in the last game was such a rookie mistake that he will not make again he shoveled past it directly to a defensive lineman because he was pressured and what felt like at that point the last chance for the Bengals to get back in the game if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan Yeah, you're 0-2, but dude, you're seeing through the window. The future is there. You have your quarterback finally. You were excited about getting Carson Palmer back in the day. This feels like it's going to dwarf it. I know it's two games. I know I'm probably overreacting, but anyone who knows me, I'm enormously high on Joe Burrow. Bengals, you got yourself a good one right now.
0: And as a Browns fan, you can't talk trash. You would love for your quarterback to throw one interception in a two-game span, rookie or 30-year-in. So, But that's enough about the Ohio teams. we got to get that out of the way early for our our Ohio allegiance here a little bit. But we had a full slate of games here in NFL Sunday. I mean, everything we're looking for. We got, we're going to talk about the Bucs and the Saints. We're going to talk about the new-look New England Patriots, the new-look Carolina Panthers. How are the Raiders faring? How are... How are my pack show looking against the Vikings? I mean, there's a plethora of things that we get to cover today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of guys, too. You get to talk about not only uh, guys that, like that that are already here and on the map. You're talking about guys that are coming back, like Big Ben, Rob Gronkowski. We get to check in and see how those guys came back and what could be the the startup, come the comeback player to your season for both of those.
0: So we're going to jump right into it. Personally, my game of the week, the one I wanted to see most outside of my own team playing, obviously, the season opener, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the New Orleans Saints, where the Saints came out on top victories 34 to 23. Tom Brady was looking a little bit rusty, 23 for 36, 239 yards with two touchdowns, but also two interceptions, which you never see out of Tom Brady. How did you think Tom Brady actually looked in this game, Wally?
1: See, I'm going to talk a little bit out of both sides of my mouth sometimes. You already know that. That's who I am. But uh, you do want to give these quarterbacks all across the board, even guys like Tom Brady, a little bit of leeway here at the start of the year, especially with no offseason. We also have to realize this is Tom Brady's first time in his career not wearing that Patriot blue. It's going to take a little bit of time. He's getting used to new receivers. He's getting used to a new offense, new coaching staff, new Literally, facilities, everything is new for the first time in his career. I mean, the last time he had to change it was from Ann Arbor to New England. So it's going to be a little different. I, You heard me last time on the podcast. I'm not high on this Buccaneers team. It's simply the fact that I do not trust teams that build through free agency. That You see it all the time, teams that win the Super Bowl in April rarely have a good football season. You got to see it back, obviously, the Browns a few years ago. You got to see it uh, about 10 years back with the then-Washington Redskins. Remember when they brought in Albert Hainsworth on that Ooh, massive deal? The
0: $100 million deal. And
1: then he fails a physical, and he's never anything. So, yeah, I, I'm going to give them a little slack. But no, this is about the only time I'm going to give them a pass. I'm going to be very critical of Tom Brady. I'm going to be very critical of the Bucks because they have a loaded roster.
0: And for the record, it's not like Drew Brees had an amazing day. He was 18 for 30 with only 160 yards and two touchdowns. And only Mike Thomas was only targeted five times, came down with three receptions for just 17 yards. So it's not like Drew Brees was outstanding, but he's the winning quarterback, so no one's going to talk about that quite yet. Uh, the thing with Tom Brady was, you know, PFF pro football focus, they do grades over a plethora of statistics four football games, Tom Brady recorded six big-time throws in this game, whereas opposed he never even had more than three last year with the Patriots. So it looks like, like you said, it's going to take time. He has no – he had no offseason. Yeah, I get it. He had some sneak, you know, sneaky little practices where they had to get helicopters above high school football fields <laughs> to catch them, but, you know – at the end of the day, that's not a full off season that Tom Brady's used to. So I'm not expecting this to continue. And we'll get a little bit later about how I actually think they're going to fare this week.
1: Well, and one thing to keep in mind, too, is even if we do realize, and it is true, that Tom Brady might be on the back, like, well, he's obviously on the back nine. But I'm talking about the very towards end of his career. Look back at what happened with Peyton Manning. I know that his arm literally was gone. But his football IQ put the ball, put his teammates in the right position to be successful. Yeah, they had an electric defense that bailed him out. But you don't accidentally win a Super Bowl. You can have a great defense. Your offense has to, at the very least, protect the ball and be efficient. Tom Brady will do that throughout this year. One thing I will say now, little tongue-in-cheek, who would have thought Taysom Hill was the best quarterback on Sunday on that turf?
0: Whoa! Is that right?
1: <laughs> hey, one for one thirty-eight yards. You got to remember it, Taysom Hill, man. Sean Payton, remember he, he thinks he's—I mean—a franchise quarterback somewhere. So
0: why not Jameis Winston, man? He was just riding the bench, rocking that number two in New Orleans. Second so. best
1: quarterback on Sunday there.
0: Yeesh! He didn't even play. When you're saying that?
1: I'm, 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 totally kidding. But yeah, it, it, obviously the Saints. It's a, it's a fun little niche they have there with Taysom Hill. You get to see it. It feels like twenty to thirty times a year where he comes in, you expect big things. Credit to him, he typically does well in those moments. So absolutely good job, Saints. Big win, expect more from them.
0: So prior to tonight, we me and Wally were asking ourselves, is this just the same old brownies of the past? Cause we weren't expecting this type of game to come out yet. They almost did they were trying to blow it. They got <laughs> you know, they had they got stopped at the uh One goal or the one-yard line about four times. Hell, even five times until Nick Chubb got in on the fifth run after a turnover caused by Miles Garrett. But, I mean, last week, losing to Baltimore 38-6. I mean, Baker looked horrific. You know, 21 of 39 with just only 189 yards and a 65 as his quarterback rating. So this is definitely a win that Cleveland needed. As the organization to get them on the right track, hopefully get their chemistry here a little bit. There's a lot of questions going in with Odell. Odell finally got that touchdown that we've been looking for here the past couple of weeks, but really that connection the past year and a half, two years.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is too is that this Cleveland fan base is there another fandom in sports where you can see such a roller coaster of emotions over a course of four or five days? Here on Sunday, the entire like Ohio or Cleveland Browns part of Ohio was ready to blow the team into the middle of Lake Erie and never look at them again. Here we are, ninety six hours later, and they're Super Bowl contenders to every Cleveland fan in the country. So, yeah, they, they, this was a win they had to have. Baker had to have it. People were abandoning ship. Odell started. You started hearing trade rumors again this week. Why? Why would the Browns trade a guy like Odell Beckham? when his value is at the lowest of probably his entire career right now. I don't believe those rumors are true. And it's as simple as this. When you win, bad things go away. Rumors go away. The Browns need to take care of the ball. They have to face a little bit of adversity here in the first part of the schedule. They need to come out at least 500 through eight weeks if they want to have a realistic shot to make the playoffs.
0: I think the biggest takeaway from this Browns-Ravens game, though, is Lamar Jackson in the passing game. Between him, your boy, J.K. Dobbins, as well as Mark Ingram, they've rushed for less than 100 yards combined. J.K. with seven rushes for 22 yards, two touchdowns. Mark Ingram only had 10 rushes for 29 yards. But Lamar is 20, through, 20 for 25 in the air with 275 yards, three touchdowns, and a pass rating of 152.1. So this is the Lamar that everyone is looking forward to this year we obviously know that he he can get it done on the ground but getting it done through the air is the number one question and he looked good against that brown secondary it's one game so i'm not going to take it i'm not going to blow it out of context like basically probably every single other sports writer podcast show that you watch they're over overreactions after
1: every single game
0: that's not going to be us we're going to be cool calm and collected and we're going to let the numbers speak for
1: themselves here I agree. Lamar is the greatest quarterback to ever play. Thank you, Stephen, for that. I completely agree. No, but in all reality, the the thing is, is you're right. Everybody, including myself, hand up. You guys have probably never probably heard me say it, but two years ago, I was one of those people that was like, "Is Lamar gonna be good enough to be a passer in the NFL?" I will admit that I was one of those clowns that said that. Meanwhile, I
0: was too. I was too.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that, Stephen. Thank you for. Or this is what we do here. We own up. Lamar Jackson had the second-highest yards per attempt. First, really, Taysom Hill was the other with one pass attempt on uh, Sunday where he had, obviously, 38 yards per attempt. But Lamar averaged 11 yards per attempt, not completion, 11 yards per attempt. And not only did – yeah, he had a few wide-open receivers. Pizza Brown's secondary, as we got to see again tonight, is not good. That said, Lamar Jackson was fitting some of those balls into tight windows. Just absolutely shoving it up. People like my hoop. And I do not care. I'm excited. It's it, We're in a weird day and age in the NFL where you're seeing Philip Rivers, Big Ben, Eli Manning just retired, Tom Brady on the back, Drew Brees, all of the guys that our generation grew up with are going out. It's nice to see Lamar Jackson, Joey Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. It, it feels like the NFL is healing. It's that hey, they're ushering the new generation coming forward. So without a doubt, I, I'm thrilled as a football fan to see Lamar Jackson uh, do as well as he has. But as a fan of a football team in the AFC, it's certainly not appealing to know that there's going to be Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to deal with for at least another decade.
0: Yeah, but that seems like the Browns' problems. I don't have to worry about that. I got Mitchell Trubisky in, <laughs> in my division, so I'm good to go. Oh, to, flip okay. over, to flip it over to... Uh, Mr. Joey Burrow, who you are speaking so highly on, his game last week, he he took an L to the Chargers 16-13 at home. But it definitely was not his fault. You know, he put up a decent game, 23-36 of with the buck 93, just the interception, but also had eight rushes for 46, including a nice 23-yard touchdown run. So Joey B is looking like the real deal for Cincinnati outside of the A.J. Green offensive pass interference as well as Oh, my goodness, Randy Bullock with the fake calf injury uh. after absolutely missing this field goal. for. There's no reason that man should be paid millions of dollars to miss that field goal. I can miss that field goal for millions of dollars.
1: Well, thoughts and prayers Randy Bullock on his pride calf injury. Hope he recovers well. Looked like he did okay tonight kicking. The Bengals, I, again, I am so excited for you guys. If you are a Bengals fan, your future's here. You just have to wait a little while. Last week, yeah, it was 16-3, to three, or 13. It was an ugly-looking game. You hear the expression, probably overused, offensive linemen, or bad offensive line, They're turnstiles. This isn't a turnstile offensive line. This is what you're going to see on Black Friday this year at Best Buy, people going in for PS5s. There is just a mad rush every single time Joey Burrow hits the snap and he's dropping back for a pass. The guy's running for his life. If there's one thing I'd be afraid of as a Bengal fan, you better pray to God Joey Burrow has thick skin. He has tough bones because this man's gonna get hit a lot. We're talking borderline David Carr two thousand two Texans a lot, like Tim Couch Browns ninety nine a lot.
0: I mean, he got sacked three times in the Chargers games. He got sacked three times tonight against the Browns. So that's gonna be a trend. Let's see what is he on pace for sixteen times three a, a quick a quick Wait. a quick forty eight a quick forty eight sacks on the year so. If you want to keep your franchise quarterback, you, got to, you have to keep him upright. You got to keep him on his legs so he can, you know, move the ball down the field for you guys to score. So, let's see. That's, that's early on. Six sacks for the first two games. Hopefully, uh, they don't have to deal with a pass rush like Miles Garrett or, hell, even Melvin Ingram every week. Or
1: Joey Bosa. Or
0: Joey Bosa. So, you're not going to face a Bosa Ingram and you're not going to face a Miles Garrett every week. But you get Miles Garrett twice, minimum. You also get T.J. Watt twice, minimum. And you also get Calais Campbell as well as some other edge rushers from the Ravens twice. So that's six games right there. I already got one out. And I don't know. I'm hopeful Joey will be able to go through the whole season. But the Philadelphia Eagles, I have to walk this one back. I was taking Philadelphia minus six all day last week. And I looked so good. And then the third quarter started. The Eagles went up 17-0 at one point, led the game 17-7 at half, and Washington scored 27 unanswered to win the game 27-17. Carson Wentz could not look any worse. 24 from 42, 270 yards with two touchdowns, And two picks. But the thing that stood out to me the most, which I did not ever think was going to happen, that's why I was so strong on the Eagles because of their offensive line. Wentz getting sacked eight times. Wally, you've been bothering me all night about it. What do you want to say?
1: For all of you guys at home, if right around 415, you thought there was an earthquake, that was just me patting myself on the back vigorously (laughs) for about 35 minutes. This Washington football team. We're not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles right here. We're going to talk about the Washington football team. This defense is the real deal. Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, these guys, not only did they get a treat, a toy, the greatest gift any new head coach could get in Chase Young. They have a decently already established defense there themselves. And then you add those great defensive minds, it's going to keep getting better. Dwayne Haskins doesn't have to be perfect. He was far from it on Sunday. He had nothing crazy to go on. Haskins only was 17 of 31, 178, and a touchdown. You don't need anything crazy. You just need him to protect the ball. And on Sunday, he did. He avoided the pick. He avoided that stupid pass. That is important. And all they did was chip away. The, The Washington football team's not going to be a team that's going to light up the scoreboard against you. They're going to play Big Ten football. They're going to really hope they can hold you... Between 17 and 24 points a game, their defense can give them enough opportunity on offense to just survive and win very tight games. They're only going to win about eight games, but they're going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot there to be excited about. As for the Phillies, I am selling every bit of stock I had going into last week. I had them at 10 and 6. So be it, I had them out of the playoffs. Completely throw out the ideas of playoffs now. Eight sacks. Eight sacks. Brutal. Carson Wentz. Doesn't look like the Carson Wentz we expected him to, and we all know how Philadelphia fans are. The moment things start looking bad, that city will turn on you. They deserve it. They all deserve it, and I love it. Love it.
0: Yeah, good thing uh, there's no fans in Philadelphia. We might have a uh, snowball at Santa type type fiasco (laughs) going 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 on with Carson Carson (laughs) Wentz. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean – like and and you hit the nail right on the head. The biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from Haskins' game is the zero in the turnover column. That's the best you can ask for. He was he was even sacked three times, but I completely and I'll own up to it, I completely slept on this rush for the Washington Redskins. That's what happens when you pump five first round picks into your defensive line, and it's looking like Mr. Chase Young is that missing piece for it. So that could be a dangerous defensive line coming through this year and for the future to come. Between Montez Sweat, him, Ryan Kerrigan get, is getting a little bit older. I don't know how much longer he has there, but between Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they're going to be very good on that line for a while. You go, we're going to go down to Jacksonville here where you have a lot of people asking, Trevor who? We thought, gonna be, uh, we thought we we're going to be tanking a little bit this year, getting that Trevor Lawrence, but Garner Minshew said – Not on my watch. My man went 19 for 20 with the Buck 73 and three touchdowns. Now, the yards isn't anything to take home about, but the three touchdowns and a rating of 142.3 that's something to take home about. My also the biggest takeaway with how Minshew looked with the Jaguars 10 different receivers with the reception. That's that is a team win offensively, right there. And Phillip Rivers. My man threw 46 times with one touchdown and one interception. Wally, my goodness, what the hell went down in Jacksonville this weekend?
1: Okay, you know, right after I just talked about patting myself on the back so hard about the Washington football team, I in no way, no way expected the Jaguars to win this game. I adamantly said that they were going to win last week. I got to say this. Gardner Minshew to me, yeah, he might not be a franchise quarterback. He might not be anything special, but he's the type of guy that you can already tell is going to carve out a 15-year career. He's going to be somewhere where he can be almost like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, when this is all said and done. Who would you want more as a backup quarterback? The guy has moxie. He's confident as hell. And then on top of all of that... The guy can still go out there and win and steal you a game. And I, I shouldn't say steal because he didn't steal this win. He was just very responsible with the ball. It's back-to-back games. What does it take in this league to get upset wins? You need quarterbacks to be responsible with the ball. You cannot be, or cannot afford to be turning it over. And the Jaguars didn't have credit to them. As for the Colts, I'm a little worried. I was worried that Philip Rivers was already over, on, over the hill. You add Marlon Mack's injury this last weekend – you're going to turn all your eyes now to that two-headed running attack there and really hope that they, especially rookie uh, Jonathan Taylor, is able to take the like notch up in touches and handle that well. I think he will. He he was already such a bell cow at Wisconsin. I think he'll be fine, but I'm, I'm a little worried. I, I really, all of a sudden, after even one week, I'm starting to think that maybe I was way too high on the Colts. They might be a team we're looking. Who knows? Maybe they're in the sweepstakes. Do you not? You no, you don't think so. Wow, you're shaking your head already. You no, don't think so?
0: Ab- absolutely not. It's, it's a, an, it's an very, very weird off season. You have a quarterback that's coming into a completely new system. So I think that there's going to take some time for that to mold, or you know, for them to mend and get some chemistry here together. But I don't think it's going to be that long because this is arguably the best offensive line that Phillip Rivers has been able to be behind. And probably going to be resulting in, outside of LT, the best running game he's had since LT. Even with Melvin Gordon there, yeah, I get it. But that offensive line is not what they have in Indiana. Indianapolis, same no, thing, it's though. in Indiana. But my biggest takeaway from this was on the defensive side of the ball for the Jaguars. Rookie C.J. Henderson, Florida State boy. He had a lot of questions in 2018 at florida state he only allowed 18 catches in 13 games now last year gave up five catches of plus 40 yards which resulted in more than four-fifths of his total yards he gave up in the whole season but this past weekend 34 cover snaps allowed 25 and a half passer rating to his side one interception four defended passes and the third highest grade for outside corners in the whole nfl so i think getting rid of aj Bouya, Get rid of Jalen Ramsey. Now all of a sudden you potentially have this stud that can come up. Of course, another Florida State kid. That's ironic. So that's the that's my biggest takeaway. I don't know if you had anything to add on maybe his performance or anyone else really.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to add on C.J. Henderson real quick. Yeah, and I know this is an NFL podcast, but it is important to talk about Florida State the last few years have not been Florida State anymore. And we have to remember this is a kid. This is a kid that is dealing with a – Florida State team that when he went there, this was right after Jimbo. This is right after Jameis Winston. They were supposed to be national title favorites. All of a sudden, we're talking about some of the darkest days in Florida State history in football. So it's hard to be like on this kid who, I I know it's not something you want, but yeah, kids are going to take plays off sometimes, especially on teams that have no future. or At least you're you're not trying to play in the beef O'Brady's bowl at Florida State. Like you're trying to play in the college football playoff. At the very least, you're trying to play in the Orange Bowl. So when you guys start, what, four and three or three and four, whatever the hell it was, I have a hard time getting too upset about this kid. And so, uh, yeah, the Jaguars go figure. They have another great corner. Uh, you know, it's weird because they, they don't draft well, but at the same time, it always seems like they ha- find studs on defense. But I do want to parry back real quick because uh, we're trying to be a faster show this week. Don't want to keep you guys too, too long. I have to ask you, you seem high on the Colts still. Is it then? This is a better Jaguars team than you thought of, or just throw it out? It's week one. It's a little weird for the Colts.
0: Throw it out. It's week one. It's really weird for the Colts. Cause I mean, we even saw the Jags get into a little bit when Gardner Minshew originally took over. We see, we saw them get into like this two, three game winning streak against really no one and. We didn't think anything of it, and they flip-flopped the quarterback situation again once Nick Foles came back, kind of ruined everything. I think that they were just ready to play this week. I don't think that they can still have that same momentum and mindset through a 16-game season, 17-week season as well. I just... I don't see them coming out of that. That division is—I never thought I'd say this—that division is too rough for the <laughs> for the Jaguars to be competitive in. So, it's it's a rough one. It's a great Week One win, but oh, talk to me in Week Six or Seven, and maybe I would change my story depending.
1: Oh, well, it definitely helps too, considering that like we're part of the problem. But everybody thought this Jaguars team was trash, and what have we been doing for the last six months? We've been telling the world this Jaguars team is trash. These are professionals at the end of the day and you don't ask down to get in the NFL. They're all extremely talented. You have an 16 team. It's like it was it, it's a very good talent-wise situation. The NFL it's not a joke. So when you hear this nonstop for 6 months, the professional in you is going to come out. If you get doubted at your job, what do you do? You show up extra hard. Doesn't always work out. This time it did for the Jaguars, good for them. Hope things uh, keep clicking but I still am pretty low. I, I think we're still going to see somewhere in the neighborhood of two to four wins from them.
0: No one is lower than the Detroit Lions fans after giving up a 23 to six lead oh. <laughs> heading into the fourth quarter. They let Mitchell Trubisky, they let Mitchell Trubisky throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to complete the comeback. Mitch ending with 20 for 36. Two hundred and forty two yards and those three touchdowns with the hundred and four point two passer rating. Wally, please take this mic away from me before I throw it across the room.
1: I would love to talk about Mr. Fourth Quarter Mitchell Trubisky oh real my quick. God. <laughs> so this Bears team, gotta give them credit. You don't accidentally come back from a lead like that. That said, especially in the NFL, you don't come back from that kind of a deficit without help from the team leading. And boy, did the Lions lie in this weekend. This, especially the brutal end, and I feel so bad for DeAndre Swift. There's no worse way to end your your first ever NFL game. Not even like he had a few touches in preseason. This is the game he will remember forever. For the rest of his life, as his first NFL game. You have to try to drop that ball. Matthew Stafford literally could not have put it in a better spot I was standing next to my father as we were both literally cheering, excited, because, like, it's one of those teams where you, you like to see the Lions do well because it's kind of just like that little kid in the neighborhood that always gets beat up, and you're like, come on, you know what? This time show the big boy. And the, it, It's really not a big boy. It's the Bears. It's just like a slightly bigger little kid. But <laughs> the Lions still, unlike any other team, it, these, like Browns fans talk about how Browns, like Redskins, formerly Redskins, now Washington football team, talk about how their team screws up. They all have, like, their unique flair of how they do it. This chef's kiss felt like the most iconic, the pinnacle of Detroit Lions football games. You think of the Aaron Rodgers-Hail Mary game, and you're going to think of games like this. You have to actively try to lose this game.
0: Yeah, that was rough. I mean, I'll take a good game. Congrats to Chicago. It's a hell of a game. Way to stick with it. Especially Mitchell Trubisky, who's had his ups and downs here. It still hurts, but it doesn't matter. Green Bay will still hand you a loss here. So they got the Giants here next week. That's going to be – I'm not even going to say interesting. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. (laughs) That game is going to be just as boring as this Lions game. Except, well – the first three quarters of the Lions game is going to be the whole whole game of this Giants-Bears game, so I'm not looking too forward to it. But what I am looking forward to is my man, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. There it is. Going off, going off against a very, very depleted Minnesota secondary, let alone defense in general. Aaron posting 32 of 44 for 364 yards and four touchdowns. Outside of a couple passes that made him look his age, he was dropping dimes all over the place. And even Kirk Cousins put up a great day. 19 of 25 with 259, two tutties, and, a, and an interception with a 118 rating. So it's not like he did horrible for the Packers. Offense at least looked a little decent. I don't know how, how much I, I can credit this to how bad Minnesota's defense is going to look for the remainder of this year. But I'm going to take this game and run with it. Aaron looks great. I'm hoping that he can continue this against Detroit. Biggest takeaway for me after watching the Packers getting ran all over last year: Dalvin Cook with 12 touches for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Madison with six touches for 50 yards, and even Kirk Cousins had about 34 yards rushing. So that's still over a buck 20, a buck 30 rushing. So what? How did you like this game? And do you kind of agree with me that I should be I should be a little scared with and skeptical about this Packers defense still?
1: I would keep an eye on it. Would I be like pressing a panic button? Not by any means. This is opening week. This is a year without preseason. We're going to harp on it because it's something that needs to be harped on. This is unprecedented. It's not something we're used to. That said, the Packers offense was outstanding. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's got something to prove this year. And people like myself, like, I have been looking for, like, I almost felt guilty when I was doing my preseason picks because, like, I feel like the Packers are too high because all we keep hearing about year in and year out is this Packers team's overrated, Aaron Rodgers is hiding deficiencies. I will scream it from the rooftops because that's true. Aaron Rodgers does hide deficiencies, and there are plenty of them on the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers is that good that he is single-handedly – continuing to keep this team as division leaders, as division favorites here in a year out. I am already going back on my word. I know last week I picked the Vikings to win the the division, and you guys heard me flip-flop more than a pancake at IHOP, but I couldn't decide until the moment of the game who was going to win. After watching that game, I am hook, line, and sinker with you cheeseheads and think that it's your division to lose. And and to be honest, without an Aaron Rodgers injury – Knock on wood. I know, I guess that's no, you're,
0: Yeah, you're literally knocking on your computer that's sitting on wood.
1: I'm, it's, Steven, we're, we're not a very smart podcast. We have to get that out there. So that's fine. Yeah, I knocked on it. Sorry if that messed up your audio. I don't care. But I knocked on wood. I hope he doesn't get hurt. But that's the only way I can see the Packers not win this division. How? How can anyone? Where's the upgrades going to come from for Minnesota to be a, a realistic threat now? I didn't think this offense would be as lackluster at least in a passing game without Steph Stefan Diggs. Like was he this big of a of a loss?
0: I think once they get uh Justin Jefferson in a little bit, they give him get get his speed underneath him professional wise, I think he's gonna be a real, real problem for them. So Classic Minnesota, like I was saying about Green Bay, they start very slow. Minnesota also starts very slow. They didn't really have a great start to their season last year. They they didn't really start cooking until about week seven, eight, nine, and then they just went on a tear. Next thing you know, everyone's picking them over Green Bay, really. So all I care about, it's Green Bay's 1-0, but they're 1-0 in the division this early on with the potential of being 2-0 and facing Detroit this week. We'll get to that here a little bit later. But I have to go to the Raiders.
1: The Raiders.
0: Of las, vegas. of las vegas getting their first win not at home on the road but getting their first win as a as a newly moved franchise here Derek hard not doing too shabby 22 of 30 with 239 and a tutty but the real story here was josh jacobs was an absolute problem 25 touches on the ground for 93 yards and three touchdowns even adding four receptions for 46 yards so Slightly under 140 all-purpose yards from Josh Jacobs. And Teddy Bridgewater did not look too bad as his first start as a Panther. 22 of 34 with 270, a touchdown, 98.9 rating. And, of course, CMC is going to CMC. But Robbie Anderson, also his first game as a Panther, putting up six receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. He may not know what the mascot of the Panthers is or what they're doing, but he seems to know the playbook pretty well.
1: Yeah, he might not know about Sir Purr, but you you are not kidding. He looked damn good on Sunday. And I do want to start with the Panthers because I am a Raiders fan, and I do want to get that out after. But as for the Panthers, uh, D- Teddy Bridgewater looked very good. He's, he's exactly what we've known him to be. It's what we got to see him last year in the Saints. He is a very responsible quarterback. I'm happy he finally got another chance to start uh, after that horrific injury in Minnesota. He looked like he was having such a – I guess, positive uh, development up there. So it's good to see him finally get another shot. That said, Rule looks like he hasn't changed much of the, the I guess, ambition of the offense. Christian McCaffrey still is very heavily centered. He's going to see the ball. And when you're going to pay the guy, what was it, $16 million a year or whatever it was, you need to get him the ball as often as you are. you got to get that value. The Panthers are better than I thought they were. They're going to compete. That said, I would probably wait on getting like any kind of playoff aspirations, especially in a division that added Tom Brady and still has a Drew Brees Saints-led team in the same division and apparently the 11-5 and 5 Falcons, just like Steven wants. But we'll get to that again later. We'll revisit that in week six when they've already got six losses. But the Raiders, Derek Carr, has been getting shit on his entire career for being dumped down Derek He had an 8 yards per uh, attempt the other day. Again, attempt, not completion. He is checking down. Sure, it's called West Coast offense. Drew Brees has been doing it for years. You got to hear him finally roast the media when he got asked about it the other day. Thank God he's finally standing up for himself. He's way too good to be getting the flack he's been getting for the last few years. Josh Jacobs is an absolute problem. What people from the outside don't realize, this rushing performance was without their 6'8", 350 Trent Brown. He got dinged up and got knocked out early in the game. We'll get to it a little bit later about specifics. But then their backup right tackle, Sam Young, also got dinged up, and Denzel Good had to come in and replace him. The Raiders' offense didn't miss a beat. That offense line, still one of the best in the league. It's Gruden's MO to be a rushing attack, and it's a power rushing attack. It's a little bit almost like a blast from the past kind of a look. But And then they run a very West Coast style where everything's kind of short to the line of scrimmage. But then you have Henry Ruggs, and when Henry Ruggs he again, you want to talk about injury bugs? He got dinged up in the first half, rolled his ankle. They kind of used him more of as a decoy in the second half. He didn't really touch the ball, but the first half he had four receptions. He had that long when everybody got to see where he got knocked out at the one yard line. He's unreal fast. He's unreal fast. They threw a nine round the second play from the game. Double coverage outstripped both of them. Somehow Derek Carr out or overthrew a guy that runs like a, a 2 seven forty, but it's a very exciting time. We'll pick the games later. I'm not very – I'm hopeful, optimistic, I should say, cautiously optimistic about this Sunday's game. I think it'll be a, a – or Monday night's game to open up Allegiant Stadium, a.k.a. the Death Star. I think it'll be a good game. I think that the Saints offense and pass offense in particular is going to be a little too much for the Raiders. We're seeing steps on that Raiders defense, but it's just not quite there yet. Nick Watowski, or however you pronounce his last name, got hurt as well. Thankfully, it wasn't a torn pectoral muscle like we expect or thought it was at the moment when they ruled him out. Hopefully, we see him back before too long. Biggest biggest uh, downfall from this first week for the Raiders, as you guys have been able to hear so far, it's staying healthy. We have to hope this is just that first week back and getting a little dinged up, get everybody kind of acclimated back to football. But, Stephen, I'm I'm very hopeful. I'm very high. This was as must-win as a must-win game can be in Week 1. You travel to a, what is likely an underachieving Panthers team. You cannot afford to throw that game away, especially with how hard this Raiders schedule is, at least early. you got the Chiefs, Box and Saints all coming up here in the next six weeks.
0: And flip it over to a former Carolina Panther quarterback, Cam Newton making his debut with the New England Patriots. Nothing special in the air, 15 of 19 for 155 yards, but he did his damage on the ground. 15 rushes, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. New England's defense is looking good as always. Miami is going to Miami. I'm not even going to talk about them. There's nothing literally to talk about Miami, except that they only gave up 21 points to Cam Newton. But Cam Newton's first game, that New England offense looks completely, completely revamped, so new. What'd you, what did you think of New England's first game with uh, this Cam newton Ryan offense?
1: I'm going to turn it back to you real quick here. I just want to ask another question because is it wrong, or does, or wrong of me to think – that this game felt like you could feel how much Bill Belichick wants to prove himself in a different style offense. It felt like he was deliberately being like, hey, I've got a mobile quarterback. You want to see how mobile he is? And they kept writing the ball. Do Do you think that this was kind of like a statement game for Belichick too? Or do you think that it just is truly Belichick where he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe he is more mobile and that's why we're going to run with more. Or am I too much of a cynic? Do I actually Do you think that he had kind of a extra, I guess, motive to go for it?
0: We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I mean, he wanted. He's not that he's he'll say that he'll listen to the you know the the talking heads on the outside, the media, and all that. But that, it, it definitely seemed like he was trying to make his point across that I'm not here to tank like everyone's expecting me to. I'm still here to. You know, put my team in Super Bowl contention, if not at least division champion contention in a playoff spot. So, I mean, kudos to Bill Belichick for as old as he is to be able to adapt and, you know, get this new game in here, the new look offense, and he's going to allow Josh Daniels to kind of – Josh McDaniels – allow Josh McDaniels just to take it and, dare I say, run with it. So, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how long this is going to be. I'm still all not that much of a cam – Supporter, I don't think that this type of game is going to be able to last for a while, but we'll see. we see Lamar Jackson being able to pull it off with no problem. It's a very college-esque offense that they are running, but if you're all going to pick one person to run, it,
1: Cam Newton's not a bad body to throw in there. Yeah, I mean, what do we do all the time as football fans? We always point to guys like Lamar Jackson. We point to guys like Mike Vick at the time, and we're like, yeah, they're a freak athlete. They're super fun to watch, but can their body hold up? And then we turn around right after, and then you have guys – these tree trunks of Cam Newton. Yeah, he's athletic, but and he's fast, but he's also just a, a, a super, yeah. He's man. a man, mammoth of a man. He's taller than all of his wide receivers. He is a really strong man himself. If he can't hold up to a rushing like offense as a quarterback, to me, it's who can. I don't think anybody else will, but I do think we should uh, move on to who might compete with the Patriots there at the top of the division. How about the Bills and the Jets this last week? The Bills absolutely dog-walked the Jets. Josh Allen with 33 of 46. How's that for accuracy? People that hate on his arm, me included, while he's shut up, you're an idiot. 312 yards, two touchdowns. On top of that, again, athletic mobile quarterbacks, 14 rushes, 57 yards, and a touchdown. 104.6 passer rating. Oh, yeah, and that uh, Josh Diggs guy, or Josh Diggs, Stefan Diggs guy, um... I, I, I guess he's okay, What, eight catches, eighty-six yards, is that good? I don't know. Steven, what did you get what were your major takeaways from uh, the Bills Jets game? I mean, you know I'm very high
0: on the Bills Mafia and and I like it a lot. I've been I've been harping on Josh Allen for a while. He's the only quarterback with less rushing yards than Lamar Jackson since they both ended the league, with Josh Allen having more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. So I, I thought it was great. I think it's finally proven some of the haters that Josh Allen is ready to make that jump in year number three. Potentially lead them to the division title, which I think that they're going to win. But at the same time, here's the question that we all have. Sam Darnold with 21 of 35 for 215, a touchdown and a pick. What supporting cast does Darnold have? As well as, are the Bills this good, or the Jets really just this horrible, Wally? I,
1: I have to think it's a little bit of both. I think the Bills are better than people like myself included. Thought. With that said, the Jets, oh, not a very good football team. Not a very good football team, led by arguably an even worse football coach. It feels like a match made in hell right now. I do feel bad for Jets fans. This is the difference. Where you have Bengals fans who are 0-2 right now. And you have the Jets. And they're going to be 0-2. It doesn't matter who they're playing. The difference between records and what your situation is can never be more understated. The Bengals at 0-2 have Joe Burrow. They have a future. The Jets at 0-1 have Sam Darnold. They're holding out hope. I don't even think it's necessarily wrong to at least give him a little bit longer. But what else do they have? You bring in Mekhi Beckton, you get excited. They still can't protect Donald. There's still holes in that offense. Gase can't find his skill position players. Le'Veon Bell is hurt. We'll get to more of that later. The Jets' defense is a sieve. There is nothing here that you can turn to and say, you know what, yeah, but give it time. That's going to get better. I, I feel for Jets fans. I feel for, for everyone there. But the better part of New York, the good part of New York, Buffalo, New York, good for you guys. Hope you guys get it done. That first game against the Patriots here in a few weeks is going to be amazing. It's going to be – it has to be the game of the week, right?
0: And... debatable. Uh, debatable. Uh,
1: it's such a big division game, though. I, I want – it's going to be a game you have to see. Call it whatever you want. Maybe there's a better match with that week. You're probably right. I'm probably getting a little too uh, high on the moment here. But – it's exciting at the very least that we're going to be talking about Buffalo football for the foreseeable future, into December and January, and those fans, that fan base, there's one out there that deserves it. They definitely are one of them. I mean, what? I mean,
0: four Super Bowl losses consecutive. I mean, yeah, they are. If one team is itching for it, man, man, oh man, it's the Bills.
1: I I know this is completely off topic, but Steven, I have to ask you: Have you ever seen that Underwood jersey? For uh, the kicker for the Bills in the 90s, where the name is misspelled off to the right, so it's wide right and it's the Underwood guy. It's we, We'll have to put it out on our Instagram page tomorrow. It's so funny, and there's nothing more. I, I It's so NFL fan to be able to eventually laugh at your own misery because you know that still hurts so those Bills fans with, like, ha ah, ha, no, this is great, man. <laughs>
0: If you want to talk about fans laughing at their own misery, Russell Wilson was cooking up against the Atlanta Falcons. Talk about a franchise that is continually laughing at themselves since the Super Bowl uh, run, what, in 2015, 2016? And man, oh man, let Russ cook is what was trending here on Sunday. The man was 31 for 35 for 322 and four touchdowns a 143.1 rating. DK Metcalf, as well as Tyler Lockett, combining for 12 receptions for 187 yards and a touchdown. I mean, my goodness. My goodness. This is scary that Pete Carroll's letting Russell Wilson really take the reins of this offense, letting him pass on the first and second downs. I mean, this is scary. I am scared right now.
1: I've been getting absolutely roasted by my friends, and for good reason, because I'm the most... I've got that Big Ten personality in my brain where I love a 10-7 game, and it's kind of ruined my life where I've really screwed up. Over here, Steven represent NC State hoodie, which, by the way, Russell Wilson, Wisconsin, uh, uh, what, I guess, graduate senior, no big deal. That said, Big Ten football, baby. But I always love these low-scoring defensive battles. I love running attacks. I love what when a bell cow gets 30-plus rushes a game. When you have a guy like Russell Wilson, everything that I like has to be thrown out the window. I'm an idiot. Everybody who believes like me is an idiot. You have to let the guy throw. You cannot be so conservative on first and second down. You give this man, this outstanding quarterback, arguably, you could make a case today he is the best quarterback at this point in the NFL. Do I believe it? No. But you could make a case. And you're going to literally make him only throw it once every what? Every set of downs? And then if something like a drop pass happens, not on him. But you have to punt the ball away. Finally, we get to see what happens. And what? Russell Wilson this last week, on top of everything else, he had 31 for 35 passing, 88% plus four touchdowns, 322 yards. Yeah, the Falcons' defense isn't good. Their secondary is atrocious. You don't accidentally throw for four touchdowns in the NFL. You don't accidentally go 31 of 35. That takes incredible skill. And guess what? Russell Wilson is incredibly skilled. Thank God the Seahawks are finally letting him do what he should have been doing for a long time ago. Uh, I, I, I think that they, honestly, all of a sudden, could you make a case for them being NFC West favorites?
0: NFC West favorites and NFC Conference favorites wow. to come out. Because you can... Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks you can never count out. And trust me, I have watched it firsthand multiple times. You have the Fail Mary, Boston you have the you have the Bostic completely ruining the onside kick the NFC Championship game about <laughs> six years ago. You're not sorry. If you if you if you are <laughs> no, sorry I thought it was funny at the time, if you're too. sorry, you never would have brought it up. But I was I was going there anyway. We were on the same highway, going to the same destination. Good. But Matt Ryan, 450 yards, throwing it 54 times with two touchdowns and an interception. New nickname. Matty Lice. It's this man always makes me scratch my head wondering what the hell is going on in Atlanta why can you never get it done you peaked at the absolute worst time this man will do nothing but be a top three quarterback statistically every single year with just nothing to prove for it outside of he can throw the ball really far
1: they are the biggest conundrum of a football team that I can remember in a long time because it truly is you hear it all the time they have 10 first round picks on that offense right now that's Absurd. It is truly absurd. There's all the talent in the world. The offense clearly has no issue moving the ball and scoring. It truly just seems like they can't get out of their own way. If the offense is on, the defense is off. The defense has a decent game for some reason. That's the day Matty Ice, Julio Jones, and all them. Matty Ice will throw for 230 yards in a game. It's just frustrating. I can't imagine being a Falcons fan, especially since that uh, second half against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, it's just been one low after another, even lower low uh, in Atlanta. Don't feel good. Don't feel good. I know you had them at eleven and five. Are you rethinking that, or do you just do you think again? This is just them walking into an absolute buzzsaw of a Seattle Seahawks team.
0: It's I I, I rode that roller coaster. It's either eleven and five or like 6 and 10. Yeah, and I and I just went with the 11 and 5 cuz I'm like law of averages I have to get the right strikes. They've been a 6 and 10 team since they went to the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. like they have to get it together one of these years. So I'll still ride with them for a little bit. I'm not a game one. I'm not a game one overreactor like like I was saying before <laughs> everyone in the industry basically is. Hand up. His hand is up. You can't see it. You are lucky. I had to I had to get a whiff of that armpit. Oh Dude, man. It's
1: brutal. It's been a long day. <laughs> I was wondering, I mean, it ain't stale,
0: stale, but. The only one who had a longer day, San Francisco taking that trip back from Arizona after they just got embarrassed. Not even embarrassed, but an upset. Arizona coming
1: in. I got to pump your tires. I I, got to be the one to come over. You gave me credit. You gave me the mic with the Washington game. I have to turn around and do the exact same thing for you. As confidently as you were that the Eagles were gonna dog walk the Washington football team. I was equal. I was not only equally as is feeling confident in the 49ers beating Arizona, I thought Arizona was I and I know it's early, but again, I overreact week one. I'm a football fan, that's what we do. I I definitely thought the hype around this Arizona team was misguided. I thought they were average at best. I, I honestly I know it's one game, but There is a ton of offensive talent there. Defense is good enough not to get beat a lot. All of a sudden, I know it's one game, but I'm starting to think, you're right, Steven, the hype is real. It's a team I have to look out for. And I mean, man, Kyler Murray, guy's special. And then you add D-Hop out there. We talked about his grateful tweet. Oh, did he look good on Sunday? He looks like he's absolutely making the most of it. But, again, I had to take it first because Steven – you deserve all the credit in the entire world on this pick. But, yeah, going back to Hopkins, 14 catches. That's a career high. That's 14. 14. That's 1-4 one four for 151 yards. He didn't even get a touchdown, and he's still dropping close to 30 fantasy points for you guys in a PPR out there. But, again, i ha- if, if I'm going to pat on my back to the point where I have to wear a sling for six days a week until the following Sunday, I'm going to have to let you pat your own, Steven. You called this Arizona win, and you felt good about it. I felt kinda eh on mine. you felt good about this Arizona team. And
0: that was it and that was just one of the hot takes where I was like you know, I was like kinda fifty fifty about and I said, you know, fuck it. I'm just gonna kinda ride with it. But I mean that offense. Op- you know.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: That offense is scary. I mean, Kyler Murray with what, three hundred and twenty all purpose yards, two thirty through the air, another uh, ninety one on the on the ground, but Touchdown and interception. He had a 78.1 rating. It's not like he did anything special, but DeAndre just absolutely going off. I mean, Jimmy G even had a better game, 19 of 31. Same amount of completions. Jimmy G had 259 yards, but two touchdowns, no picks. But the biggest thing is I saw Mostert, McKinnon, and Tevin Coleman, 22 rushes together with only 98 yards, and Kittle only had four receptions for 44 yards. So you they they harp on their their 2 to 3 head running monster which they d- could not get it going and obviously their number 1 receiver in George Kittle who they could not get going he had a knee injury which will kind of will kind of shine the light shine the light on that here in a little bit but you can't have that you can't have that but I will take the I'll take the moral victory in picking the Cardinals on this week so uh, that's a week by week thing so don't get used to that one Wally. <laughs>
1: yeah I respect it though good pick
0: Something that Dallas should get used to is Mike McCarthy with his shit play calling down the stretch. Really all game. I mean, he kind of blew that game. Dak had a decent game, 25-39, 266 yards. He had a touchdown. Zeke with 22 touches for 96 and a touchdown. And to round out their uh, the three-headed monster on offense, Amari Cooper with uh, 10 receptions for 81 yards. Here's the thing. Aaron Donald was an absolute menace to that Dallas, to that Dallas front offensive line. I mean, he was, he was literally go look it up. The highlights from this game. Aaron Donald was pushing through double and triple teams, like he was playing the little giants. It was outrageous. He looked like a man amongst boys out there. I mean, Dak got sacked three times, but altogether pressured on 19 of his dropbacks. That's barely less than half of his dropbacks that he had. And it could have been a lot more if he didn't get the ball out as quick as he did on some of those plays. So, I'm very surprised on what they were able to do here on their front. I mean, Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald, but my goodness, how much we pumped the tires for the the Cowboys offensive line probably closer to the last decade. (sighs) Man, were they getting – they were getting manhandled there on Sunday night.
1: (laughs) This is – This sucks that we have to go from the Cardinals game to this because all it's turning into is just that I'm eating so much crow, and I'm full. I am actually full. But you're right. The offensive line for Dallas is something that we harped on even, what, seven days ago. This time last week we're doing it. I lost my buddies a lot of money this last weekend because I told them, if there's a lock on Sunday, the Cowboys going to a fanless environment effectively a home game. It's at least 50-50 neutral site. Cowboys are significantly better. You guys heard me just rub the Rams in the mud last week. I'm a joke, and I deserve everything I get for it. The Rams look a lot better than I thought they would. McFay's still up to his old tricks. He's able to hide Jared Goff's deficiencies, which we talk about you need. That's what that's what head coaches do in this league. Kyle Shanahan does it. McFay's doing it. You, It's a constant cycle of that. But, wow, I don't know if this is going to be more of a, hey, let's obviously keep your eye on Aaron Donald. The guy's really good at football, like top five in the NFL good at football. But are we going to have to, like, keep an eye on this Dallas team? Do we think this is kind of a, again, we keep saying it, like kind of a statement to what's been going on, like this is a mirage? Or do we think this is going to be a trend going forward?
0: This potentially could be a trend going forward. Dallas offensive line was the third lowest-graded offensive line last week. They're going to have to play some pass rushes. I mean, I can think of four games right the top right off the top of my head. Well,
1: two against Washington.
0: The other two against Philly. Now, yep. Philly still had, uh, I believe, three or four sacks against Dwayne Haskins, which is still pretty solid. I don't care what type of offensive line Washington does have. The Eagles have a nice front seven, if not at least a nice front four that they get to the quarterback. So we're going to go here in our double header here on Monday. I'll get one, you get the other ones. Does that sound good, Wally? Sounds
1: great.
0: I'll go with the New York Giants playing Pittsburgh. Big Ben in his first game back from his injury last year. Not looking too bad. 21 of 32 with 229, three touchdowns, pass rating of 117.8. He wasn't looking too bad, a little bit rusty. I don't know how much I can credit him looking good to how horrible the secondary, let alone the whole defense of the Giants were. But it's still a great game to come back. Juju Smith-Schuster with a couple touchdowns. Uh, Benny Snell coming out out of the backfield with 113 rushing yards. James Conner limited to only nine yards, I believe only on six carries. So the biggest thing that came out of this was Saquon's 15 touches for six yards total. But what people aren't talking about is he also had six receptions for six yards, which is pretty damn good and probably better than most of the receivers in the NFL. I would only I don't I don't knock Saquon, knock that offensive line. That offensive line was absolutely horrendous. I mean, the amount of I've saw three to four plays in the first half. I'd even make it through the whole game. In the first half, where he was getting sat down right when the ball was getting handed off to him. There's nothing you can do. Danny Dimes, still a young quarterback, twenty-six of forty-one for two seventy-nine, two and two, touchdown to interceptions. Sack three times. That credits the O-line once again. But Darius Slayton, my goodness, this man is on a tear right now. Six for 102 yards, two touchdowns. Fun fact, Darius Slayton, since week five of 2019, has the most touchdown receptions in the NFL right now. He's definitely someone to keep your eye on. I know I will because I have him in about half my fantasy league, so I appreciate you guys uh, Guys, letting me get this one. But if. If New York wants to get any better, next the next thing you're drafting is some sort of left tackle or an offensive lineman to get that better. It was absolutely horrendous. For them to even keep it to a 10-point game with the way their offensive line was looking was a victory, a moral victory in itself. Saquon's going to Saquon. I mean, he was hurtling over people during a screen pass. It just seems like Saquon's going to, for those who have him in a PPR league, you're going to benefit him. You're gonna benefit from him the most this year because he. I don't think he'll be able to get it done on the ground as much. As he'll get it done in the air, screen passes, stuff like that. So, Wally, I'm gonna to toss it over here. I'm gonna kick it over here to you. Hopefully, I don't miss it for our uh, second Monday night game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, for just real quick touch on that though, for uh, I, I think that we're gonna talk about it here in a bit with picks, but you're gonna see the Giants make a concerted effort to get that ball to. Uh, Saquon Barkley against the Bears. And also, do not forget that Steelers defense. We gave a lot of credit there to the Giants. The Steelers defense is unreal. That front... I'm not going to say front seven. That eleven on defense is otherworldly. If the Steelers want to be Super Bowl contenders, we're going to have to see more of that this year because the offense was kind of lackadaisical for a lot of that game. It didn't feel... I mean, Big Ben, yeah, there was zip on the ball, but he looked slow. He looked lethargic in the pocket. He looked
0: 38.
1: He looked 38. we were used to seeing Big Ben. He was one of those guys that was a magician magician because he was, uh, I mean, this 260-pound 6'4 guy that just magically would disappear in the pocket and sneak out on the other side and then just throw on the run 50 yards to Antoine Randallel, Heinz Ward. All these guys. Well, he's thirty A A.B. I mean, Manuel Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. You can go on and on. Mike
0: Wallace. Plaxico Burris. Oh, man. We're
1: going back for that one. You suited
0: up in the club with that one. Yes, we
1: did. But, yeah, yeah. But, okay, we do need to flip it over. But all I'm going to say is keep your eye on the Steelers. That's a loaded defense. For the Tennessee and Denver game, Tennessee sneaks out a win against Denver, 16-14. The main story for me is Goskowski's debut with Tennessee, absolutely horrendous start to the game. But that's the cool thing about sports is he gets a chance to avenge himself and what to do. Every single one of those early kicks are forgotten, at least until he misses another one next week, and then it's on the panic in Tennessee. But what else we saw is Tannehill looked more the same. Talk about Derek Carr looking responsible at the ball. He's very similar stat line, 29-43 to 40, 43 for 244 yards, a couple touchdowns. 97.9 passer rating. He looks awesome. And then, of course, you pay Derrick Henry money. What are you going to do? You're going to give him the ball. 31 rushes, 116 yards. Yeah, it's only 3.7 yards of carry. But that's how you control the pace in this league. And with a guy like that, you're not good for the Broncos for holding him to 3.7 yards of carry. It's something crazy. But Mel Gore looked pretty good in his debut. 15 for 78, a touchdown. He did fumble the ball once, but it clearly showed I know that Lindsey left early. He had seven rushes, 24 yards, but you have to feel like the torch is getting passed in Denver, at least a running back position. And it's not fair to Philip Lindsey, it's just that's who Melvin Gordon is.
0: And the reason that Melvin Gordon's going to have all these touches in the offense, Philip Lindsey has turf toe. Expe- that's a great segue. Expected to miss several weeks. Now, this was expected maybe one or two weeks, but a turf toe injury is horrible, especially for a running back who's going to be running a lot more plays than a wide receiver because you can flip them out. It's either going to be him or Melvin Gordon. He's going to be in there. But now it's, gonna, it's all Melvin, Melvin Gordon's offense. You know, Coming from a kid who just watched Devontae Adams miss five to six games last year because of a turf toe injury. It's, it's going to be rough for Philip Lindsay to get back, so I hope he's healthy. To kind of keep on that trend, we have Le'Veon Bell on the IR. Minimum three games. So there's a new rule in the NFL this year that if a player is placed on the injured reserve, the IR, they are supposed to miss a minimum of three games. So no matter what, you have a horrible hangnail one day and you want to be placed in the IR, you're missing three games minimum. So Le'Veon Bell with a nice little uh, hamstring pull. Minimum three games. We'll see if it's going to be a little bit longer. Michael Thomas with a high ankle sprain. expect Expecting to miss multiple weeks. But Michael Thomas is also trying to play through it. Which personally, I do not think is smart. You are stupid young. You just got paid. And that's exactly what you... That's why you have the drama of getting paid. So when you have an injury like this, you're taken care of. What's up Earl Thomas? Flipping off Pete Carroll. Exactly the situation you have and that's do you what's think gonna he happen. Plays on Sunday? They're playing are they that playing Sunday? Is
1: some reason, Monday night. Okay, that's what I it's thought. It's Monday night. Something I keep I, saying Sunday, my brain's broken.
0: Yeah. I, well, I thought so. I wanna I want to make sure I was right. But yeah, Monday night, that that's an extra day. What I've been seeing is that he is he is pushing to play. But as a front office as a coach, you do not allow Michael Thomas to play.
1: Absolutely not
0: whatsoever. Uh Marlon Mack Season-ending injury, torn Achilles there. He was named the starter, but now it's all Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Himes that's going to be running that backfield now with arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. Richard Sherman, calf injury, also placed on the IR. Um, Kyle Shanahan is expecting him not to miss any more than the three-game minimum, so he should be good to go here by week five.
1: Uh, Just real quick, two quick things on those injuries. Michael Thomas, real shame. He might miss the Raiders game. That'd be an absolute travesty. Real bummer. Hey, hey,
0: uh, stay out a couple more weeks and miss that Packers game too, bud.
1: Yeah, it'd be a real shame if he missed the next few weeks. Sorry for fantasy owners, including myself. I'm willing to trade for the Raiders. Not a big deal.
0: I got Emmanuel Sanders. I'm living purdy.
1: Ooh, I like that pick. Nice job. You saw that coming. Also, second thing. Fun fact, Stephen. I have a. Uh, in honor of some people we know, I have a trivia question for you. Who's my favorite player in the NFL right now?
0: Ooh, ooh, I'm gonna go with uh, Noah (laughs) Fan.
1: Oh, Noah Fan, yeah, pick a division rival. No, you're wrong. But I will tell you, because you just referenced it, my favorite player in the NFL right now is Quentin Nelson. I love, love that boy from Notre Dame, that Indianapolis Colts offense. He's already – put the gold jacket on him now. I don't care how early in his career. Absolutely. Put it on him. He's a lock.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Have you ever seen a guard come out that pure, that good?
0: Yeah, what? They took him sixth overall on the draft, and obviously it's panning out right now. He is an absolute stud. If you guys have not had the opportunity – Please, please go watch his video of pancaking people. He literally is getting paid to push these grown men around. That's a matchup I am dying to see. Aaron Donald against Quentin Nelson.
1: I mentioned IHOP earlier. How has IHOP not got involved with Quentin Nelson yet for a freaking sponsorship deal? That's all I want to know.
0: Funniest sponsorship deal in history? Panda Express and George Kittle.
1: (laughs) That's a great one. I didn't even realize that.
0: Yeah, that's a new one. I saw that. I was like, wow, I never, want, I never wanted Panda Express more than I do in this moment.
1: See, that that one was great. Another really different but weird one. How about the Bill Belichick with Subway this year? I felt like it was, Legendary. An it was an out-of-body experience. I'm like, is that Bill Belichick?
0: I was literally laying in bed, made a conversation with my girlfriend, and I made her stop. I go, ah, no. And I was looking at the TV. She's like, what? I'm like, Bill Belichick is on my TV, and it's not a press conference. She's like, first of all, who's Bill Belichick? Second of all, why should I care? I'm like, this man will barely talk to his family, let alone a camera in a script. So I'm very surprised, and it's hilarious. Kudos to you, Bill Belichick. And also condolences to, to you, losing a yeah, mother losing mother this Monday. That's Nothing terrible. a footlong can't take care of, though.
1: Yeah, that, that's brutal, I <laughs> That's brutal. I, I am really sorry for Bill Belichick, obviously. Hope he and his family are doing well. That's a, that's a brutal loss. Um, uh, what I will say, though, is you know, without trying to segue too far, because I know we fell off pretty far on the beaten path here. Typically, yeah. Typical, that's what we do. What a missed opportunity it will be for airlines not to get Bill Belichick. Hey, where are you going, sir, at the ticket counter? And just get, like you said earlier, we're on the Cincinnati. Like, tell me that does not seem like the perfect airline commercial. On Cincinnati, there's four of us. And it's, like, (laughs) there's, there's like, 53 people for Southwest, and it's the entire team behind them. On Cincinnati. It's perfect. (laughs) What are they doing?
0: Yeah, so now I've, uh, I told the stewardess that each of us will get a foot-long meatball parmesan strictly.
1: Water, two two pieces of ice.
0: I said no lay salt and vinegar. It's going to dehydrate my players because, once again, (laughs) we are on to Cincinnati. And now what well, we are finally on to the real reason why you guys actually listen, not because we tell you to or because you think that we're quote unquote great people, because I know that's I know that's false. But we're gonna talk about a little bit of gambling, some of our picks that we have this week. But first, before we do that, to get a little validity behind us, you're gonna want to see how we finished last week to see if you want to actually take our picks. So we got we got Wally going uh, taking score here. So Wally. <sighs> <laughs>
1: Good and bad, Stephen, for both of us. There's good
0: and bad for both of us here. We're, we're a perfect match, let's just say that.
1: It, that's absolutely true. Well, I'm going to tag in the Cleveland and Bengals Thursday night game. Because we did pick it last week, you heard us talk about the the spread as well before the, the actual uh, uh, show ended. We, we had it at 7.5. It was very similar close to today. What I will say, and this is honor system because this is me. He's competing against me. Stephen, before the end of the game, like well before the end of the game, he had the Bengals to cover the seven and a half. So that should be noted. So there will be 17 games considering the fact that we had the Thursday night here as well. Wally went, that's me, 11 and six money line. So that's not bad, but money line, you're not going to get as great value typically. So 11 and six, you're probably breaking even at best. You might make a couple dollars. Steven, on the other hand, now he went 12 and five again, it's, it's slightly above average for Moneyline. You're, you're walking away with money, at least, with Steven, for sure. Um, then we go to spread. This is where it's different. Steven went very ballsy on a lot of his picks last week. He took a lot of things where it's like a three-and-a-half-point dog, where he's just like, I think they cover, but that other team wins. It's stuff like that where it's going to make it really hard. So I'm going to preface that for him. He ended up going 5-10-1 on his spread picks. It's not perfect. We're going to have better days, guys. That's not a big deal. However... Your boy went 11-4 this last week. Not a big deal. It's okay. I guess that's good. You're probably making pretty good money. Whatever. So basically, the moral of the story is, you're going to follow Steven Moneyline. You're going to follow me spread, and that's basically all you have to worry about. We're going to make you some money.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about some over and unders there, and you're just going to have to take the, <laughs> take a <laughs> risk here because I, I don't know what, how we're doing with that. So let's just jump right in here for our bets. The first one that really stuck out to me, Los Angeles Rams at the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's a pick em. When I say a pick em, that means that there is no spread on the game; it's a straight up Rams win or the Eagles win, and I'm going to take the Rams on this visiting. The Eagles did not do anything offensively against a very poorest Washington football team. I don't care; it's the first game of the season. They have they haven't done anything, Washington, to have my respect for them as a real football team. I know what they are, but after watching what Aaron Donald did in that in that front. That front rush did to the Dallas Cowboys. Allegedly extremely great offensive line. I'm not expecting any difference against the Philadelphia Eagles, so I'm gonna take the Rams straight up. Right as I'm saying this, I am throwing fifty, just submitted fifty dollars on the Rams. For the pick em. So I'm taking them there. My next game here, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a nine-point favorite, but I'm not focusing on that. I am focusing on the over of 47 and a half. These teams do not have very good defenses, let alone very good secondaries. Their secondaries are the biggest question marks on their football team. Tom Brady, with the, with the ship performance, still put up 23. And even Carolina put up, what, 30 points against your Raiders defense that – Come on, let's be real. They're not even—they're not even that great. May- for sure, yeah. It's, so it's not anything.
1: Special.
0: So everything's pointing that this over, and I feel like, quite frankly, I think that this uh, this number is kind of disrespectful for them. I think that they can crack this easily. I think that we're we're going to be going into the fourth quarter with it already hitting, if not a field goal away from hitting. So I'm very comfortable with that over under. Atlanta at Dallas. Here's another over at fifty three. Wow. Dallas's Dallas's today. defense is nothing to take home about. Um, how many times must we say Atlanta's defense is literally nothing? I'm not even gonna say to take home about. I'm just gonna say nothing. So I'm expecting both these teams to go in, to be in a shootout between uh, Maddie Lice and of course Dak Dakota Prescott. So I've, I'm gonna go with the over fifty three on this, and just for shits and giggles, I'm gonna go Atlanta plus four as well on this.
1: Oh wow! So you're double dipping.
0: I'm double dipping here a little bit, dipping okay. dots, baby. San Francisco, seven-point favorites at the New York Jets. This is my lock of the week. This is my absolute lock. There's injuries. San Francisco is dealing with injuries, but their second stringers are more talented than any starter that they have on the Jets. The Jets have – who is who is Sam Darnold throwing to? Jameson Crowder than who? There's just no one on that offense I trust. And Le'Veon Bell's already out. I just don't – San Francisco is going to be hungry going on the road again across coast looking for that first win. They're going to be hungry. I think that's seven points. I think it's a gimme, and I think they should take it now, which I'm assuming is Friday morning if it's still at seven. Take it now before it rises up to that eight, nine, nine-and-a-half spot. That's, that's just my two cents. Minnesota at Indianapolis. That's another over I'm going with, 48-and-a-half on the over. I don't think Green Bay's secondary, let alone defense, I know that they're top 10 from last year. Their record was kind of eh. Their record is kind of eh this year. And Kirk Cousins still put up 34 points on that defense, which I think is very capable of holding the Vikings' offense to under 20, which they did not. I think Minnesota can light it up even against a, a decent secondary like Indianapolis. But if Garner Minshew is going to go 19 of 20 against that secondary. I'm thinking Kirk Cousins is going to be able to do something a little bit better, and then you have—I <laughs> mean, if you're going to have Philip Rivers throwing it, what fifty-four times? Then yeah, there's going to be some points there. Yeah, his little—it's like a—it's like if a baseball sidearm and a football throw had a baby, and they happen He's to be brothers, a, and it's how inbred.
1: That I don't get out. He gets it downfield. That arm rotation, our arm movement is wild.
0: Don't ever, ever disrespect Philip Rivers. You pray to Jesus, and Jesus prays to Philip Rivers, baby. Go for, fucking well, I was stay. Say, hey, well, I was gonna say he doesn't swear.
1: That's the thing. It was, was it Jesus or Jesus the Pete?
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's uh he's a, he's a man from the nineteen fifties from the south. That's for sure. Oh my guy. My other lock of the week: Kansas City minus nine at the Chargers. That offense put up. Sixteen points against a Bengals defense that just led up thirty five against a Baker Mayfield led Browns offense. Now, granted, this offense is firing on all cylinders like it should be, but why? Why should that give me confidence that the Chargers are going to put up even third sixteen points yeah. to a Kansas City defense? So I think and no Derwin James, sweet Casey Hayward. You can cover. You can cover uh, Tyreek Hill. What about Sammy Watkins? What about McCole Hardman? What what about Mr. Robinson? Hell, what about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield as well as the reception? So I think that's going to be way too easy. I put a lot of money on the Kansas City minus nine. And my last one to go, you know I had to do it. The Packers are straight getting fucking disrespected. Minus six. Packers are six-point favorites to the Lions in Lambeau. Possibly the... The most depleted or injury-ridden or young secondary in the division outside of Minnesota is Detroit. So how is Aaron Rodgers not poised to do the same performance again
1: at home? Well, can I ask a home. question real quick, too, as a fan? I, I, Am I wrong to think, because it was one of those stats that you heard about nonstop until Detroit finally did win at Lambeau. Hasn't Detroit won at Lambeau, like, once in the last, like, 25, 26 years or something like that?
0: When they won it either last year or the year before. That was the first time that they've won at Lambeau since I've been born. Since we've it's, been born. It's
1: one of those stats that every time said, like even people like me, AFC West, guys, I'm like, that's an, such an absurd stat line that you just like permanently have it stuck in your head where I'm going to be 85 years old and I'm going to be like, hey, did you know the Packers beat the, the Lions like 40 straight times at Lambeau?
0: Well, and the thing is, outside of the injury-plagued years that Aaron Rodgers has had, the, the couple years that he had to sit out, Green Bay is no worse than five and one in the division of the past four years. Healthy Aaron Rodgers, that is. Six and zero, oh, five and one, five and one, five and one. So they're going to keep owning this division. And, it, and when win that many
1: games. That's why it's hard to pick against them to win the division. And
0: there's nothing pointing towards Detroit. Ever. That's doing, <laughs> Yeah, that's you know that's going to tell me any different. It did take the last drive for Green Bay to win it last year. Mason Crosby, first kicker in uh, Green Bay history to do a Lambo leap. Did it that game, so that's a fun fact. You like that not one, didn't know you? That.
1: That's awesome. I mean, how many?
0: How many times? Ta- how? How, often, how are often are kickers? The
1: kickers well, I, if I'm at Lambeau, if I'm wearing green and yellow, I could be like the backup free safety, and if I got a tackle on special teams, I'd probably go do try to do a Lambo leap. No one would catch me. But I would go try.
0: Oh, those Packers fans are too nice. But you okay?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, you want to sip of this middle Lite?
0: Are you uh you warm enough? Here, I got some extra. Hit. <laughs> I got I got some extra hands. Uh.
1: So true. While they're in their Hunter like get up, no Packers stuff. They have Hunter Orange or Hunter Camo on.
0: Oh, you look home. You want one of my cheese curds, buff?
1: Well, though. ranch, baby. Ugh. Okay, oh, that's my what they God. do up there. That's on me. That's on me. That's that's the Wisconsin three or four years of a Wally there. Telling you what
0: they said. I am shooting the messenger in this case. You
1: should probably. So
0: those are my what is it? Seven to eight picks. Godspeed on it. Don't fucking text me asking me to Venmo you if you lose bets on it. You're a grown ass man. Or but woman.
1: Venmo us if you win. Can can't rule that out. If you win money, feel free to Venmo us the money.
0: Well that's a solid point. That's a solid point. Alright. Yeah, you know what? Shoot us a Venmo. So just a nice ten percent was like a dollar or two, depending on what you put on there. Uh, I don't know. Shout out, Toddis. If you're gonna take some of my bets, I'm definitely, definitely expecting some money. Especially for boy Big Splee is sleeping on the NFL bets. I can be your man, T.
1: As one of my favorite people in the world used to say, I want all of the credit and none of the blame. So that's all. I'm not asking for a lot, but if you do win money because of us, yeah, I I want every bit of it to be like, hey, thanks, Wally. Thanks, Steve. If you lose, it's not our fault. Football is unpredictable. The NFL is a wild game. We probably got screwed. The refs are terrible. But anyways, there's different types of degenerates. I'm the, degenerate, the type of degenerate that's going to bet on every single game of the NFL slate. So I'm going to speed round because we've hammered so much of these teams already. You at least have a general idea of how we feel about them. I'll, I'll state maybe a, a reason or two if there's something that I feel like is needed to be said. But otherwise, I'm going to speed through here, give you money line and... Uh, my spread picks. This is. I'm gonna show you how fast I could do it, Steven. Here, Jaguars Titans.
0: How many times have you said that before?
1: Ouch! That, yeah, probably too many. That that hurt. <laughs> <sighs> I gotta. I gotta. I gotta re re uh, re inflate my ego for a second. But anyways, Jaguars at Tennessee Titans. Jaguars have a letdown game after Tennessee finally gets back home. They're not in the giant mile high uh, air anymore. They cover minus eight. Titans win, minus eight. Follow that. Giants at Soldier Field to play the Bears. Bears are five-and-a-half point favorites. I think, weirdly enough, the Giants are going to turn around and win this game. Daniel Jones looked good against pressure. He covers. Saquon Barkley, they're going to get him the ball. It's going to be a mission for them. Five-and-a-half, they cover. For the record, I'm using FanDuel Sportsbook uh, for people out there. There's plenty of lines out there. You're going to find something reasonable, but I'm using FanDuel as it is what I'm used to in PA. Anyways, Atlanta at Dallas. I think Dallas comes back. I'm going to disagree with Steven. I know he has plus four and a half. He's a big Falcons guy. No, just a plus four, no half. Oh, just four for you. Well, even so, I'm going to take on mine. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus four and a half. I think they have a big rebound game. I still am going to hold out hope on that offensive line. I think they're going to do fine. Cowboys win, cover four and a half. Broncos, go to Heinz Field to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Heinz, by the way, best catch-up in the world. If you use anything else, you can unsubscribe and not listen anymore because that's a deal breaker. That said, the Broncos are for sure going to cover 7.5. Coming off a loss, feels like a must win in that tough AFC West. Steelers' offense looked a little lackadaisical last week on Monday night. I think they're going to still be a little little rusty. Big Ben still only a second game in the last like three years, really. I mean, got beat up by the Patriots last year on opening night and then got hurt in the second game. So I think that the Steelers win. Take Steelers money line Broncos cover Something like a four point win Vikings travel to Indianapolis The Colts The Colts are three point favorites at home How? I'm not sure Don't ask me The Vikings not only cover They win uh, Colts until I see it I think Phillip Rivers is washed I think that team's a little bit meh And I think the Vikings defense is going to prove That they're a lot better than what you saw this last week Vikings plus three and money line Panthers at Tampa Bay I'm very low on Tampa Bay, but they're eight and a half point favorites. They're at home. Brady's first home game. I think the the Buccaneers win. That said, I think the Panthers cover. I think it's gonna be closer than people think. It's gonna be a little rough for the Buccaneers for a while, just because I mean, again, they're they're kind of gelling. They're trying to figure out their chemistry. Bucks win. Panthers cover eight and a half. Bills to Miami. I have the Bills here as a minus six against the Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Man, that's tough. I, I think that, again, I'm going to have to do kind of like Steven's route. I think the Bills are going to win. I think the Dolphins cover. I'm going to stick in that weird range where I'm depending on six points, but that's what we're going to do. Bills win a close one. Minus six. Bills win. Dolphins cover. 49ers at Jets. This is a lock. You want to talk about a lock of a week, Steven? 49ers will not lose this game after a loss Absolutely to Arizona. Not. Kyle Shanahan's not going to let this team take a, any kind of. Break on this. I know it's West Coast to East Coast. That's typically tough on teams. The Jets blow. They suck. They're bad. 49ers not only win, they cover. And not only do they cover, they cover easy. We go to the Rams, Philly. On mine, amazingly, it's on a pickup on mine. Or pick them on mine. I have the Rams plus one and a half. So I, first of all, agree completely with Steven on the pick them for his that you take the Rams. If you can find Rams plus one and a half, hammer the money line cuz you're going to add a few dollars there for no reason that because your sports book is slow on the play. Rams are definitely going to win this game against the Eagles until I see anything from the Eagles there's no reason to believe. Lions face the Packers, we already harped on it. Packers win and cover. The Lions can't play at Lambeau. They're going to continue to not play at Lambeau. Washington goes to Arizona. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do I want to pick Washington, Steven? I don't think they can do it. I love That that's that has to be that has to be
0: one of the weirdest games on slate to
1: pick from. It's so hard because that Washington front seven is stupid, ridiculous good, but Kyle, Kyler Murray is so agile, and he's so athletic, and I think they're going to get the ball out on on purpose fast to their wide receivers. D-Hop, get guys like him out there in, in, in space early, like wide receiver screens, a lot of quick stuff, quick slants. I think the Cardinals win, and I hate it that they're minus six and a half, and I have to put – I think the Cardinals win by probably 10 to 14 points. I love Washington. This is just a bad matchup. Like, I hate this matchup for the Washington football team. So, I'm going Cardinals. Ravens at Texans. Baltimore's minus 7. Texans coming off a really tough loss, to kc I'm still going with the Ravens. Ravens proven that they're too good. That offense is banana lands. I'm taking them. Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs, minus 8.5. Steven already hit on it. You want to talk about a fucking lock. The Kansas City Chiefs minus 8.5. That's a win. That's a lock. Hammer it. Until, basically, this is going to be my stance all year. Unless the Chiefs are minus 55, I'm probably going to take them to cover. They're that good. I won't pick them to go 16-0, and 0, but I will pick them every single week betting. Does that make sense, Steven?
0: its They're turning into, when you're gambling on football, college or professional, there's two people you never, ever, ever bet against. And this was Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Bills, and Nick Saban in, the, in Alabama. For sure. That is what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are now. It's just, I, like you said, unless it's 55 and a half. If it's 55, I'm taking it. If it's 55 and a half, I'm not taking it. And that's how good they are. It's ridiculous. They, they could be 15 and a half point favorites, and I'm riding with them. That's how good they are, and that's how scary Pat Mahomes in this offense is going to be for the next decade, probably closer to 15 years.
1: For gamblers out there, it's like you said, Stephen, this is a scary team because this is the type of team you get addicted to buying points for, where you're like nine and a half. No, those Chiefs are going to win by 15 and a half. Like you said, give them another touchdown. You get sexy odds with that. The money you went back when you hit those feels so good, and then you tell yourself – oh my gosh, I'm a pro, I'm better than Vegas, and then they absolutely kick your teeth in. So typically don't do it, but for sure, follow us, the Chiefs, cover. It's a hammer lock. Hammer lock. It's an easy one. Follow that up. Well, we got a few left here. Patriots at Seahawks. You guys know how high I am on the Patriots. I stayed
0: away from this one for a damn good reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, for absolutely sure. Like, You know how high I am on the Patriots, but they travel to Seattle. To go to Century Field, and I think that the, the the Seahawks cover, until I see that that offense struggles, I think they're going to keep doing it. And I kind of need to see Cam Newton do it back-to-back weeks. I need to see him do it away from home. I need to see him do it away from a Miami Dolphins defense. So Seahawks win to cover minus four. Oh, and this one hurts. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Saints are five-and-a-half-point favorites at Allegiant Stadium, which a.k.a. the Death Star, a.k.a. the – building John Gruden thinks is cool man, but he doesn't care about Star Wars. So I love the Raiders. You guys know that. I want to pick them very bad. It does not matter if Drew Brees is sixty five years old. When the Raiders play a high profile quarterback, that quarterback absolutely picks their teeth with our defense. I think I think it's going to be a very competitive game. That said, it feels like a forty-one twenty-seven Saints win to me where they score late to kind of put it away. It's more far apart than the score says. says, But I would take the Saints, and I would take the Saints to cover, and that sucks to tell you guys. And then lastly, you have the Thursday night game next week. Ignore the spread. It's basically a pick I'm right now. Take the Dolphins. I have a at minus one on mine. If it's minus one, hammer it. But, Steven... I know I just went through a lot. I went through fast as I could. Uh, Do we have any final thoughts for uh, our wonderful listeners right now?
0: I do. I strongly advise you to at least take our bets, but at least you're not this guy. Five-game parlay. Sorry, five-unit parlay. So, you had Nick Chubb over 78-and-a-half rushing yards. Baker Mayfield under 235 passing. Baker over 5.5 rushing yards. Bengals plus 10-and-a-half alternate spread. John Ross under 30-and-a-half receiving yards. This hit until Baker Mayfield decided to take a kneel at the last play of the game, dropping him to just five oh, yards. No. It was $33 to win a brisk... $800, and that all went right away during Baker's Neal. Oh. But don't be that guy. If you want to parlay it, do it with your own picks. Don't do it at us where we're going to get yelled at. Take our picks. Let us know how it how they fared out for you. But we're going to wrap it up here for the second episode of Loss of Down. Of course, always joining me is Wally Lukashensky. Thank you for making the trip down, Wally.
1: Dude, it's always a blast every time. Let's It's, uh, it's going to be fun to keep doing this. Love you guys' interaction. Uh, keep giving us feedback. We love it.
0: And please keep coming back. Let us know what we can do better, and maybe we'll do it. I don't know. <laughs> it's our fucking show. We can do whatever we want. Check us out here next week, next Friday, and we'll be back for week three. But until then... Stay safe betting. Eat a shit ton of buffalo chicken dip. Shout out to Tony Stefanik for that.
1: And don't forget to play Viva Las Vegas by Elvis Presley all Monday. We need that juju working.